Welcome to episode 63 of the Farm Exec Podcast. I'm Elaine Quilici, Senior Editor of Farm Exec Magazine and your podcast host. Farm Exec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. On this week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Eric Turbyville, author of The Perfect Leadership Triad, How Top Executives Maximize Productivity Through People, Coaching, and Performance. Eric talks about how this leadership model can help executives connect with others to achieve success. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Eric. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at trueserumntwk.com. Hello, podcasters. I will be interviewing Eric Turbyville, author of the recently published book, The Perfect Leadership Triad, How Top Executives Maximize Productivity through people, coaching, and performance. Eric is a 25-year pharma veteran, credentialed executive coach, and director of mentoring for the Southwest region of the Healthcare Business Women's Association. He says these three leadership principles can especially help executives through tumultuous times, and he's here to discuss how they can impact success. Thanks for joining us today, Eric. Oh, thanks, Elaine. Great to be here. So your book's focused on what you call the perfect leadership triad, that's people, coaching, and performance. How can attention to these areas maximize productivity? Elaine, my experience is that the greatest leaders are people-focused, coaching-centered, and performance-driven. So I'm going to talk about people first. Richard Branson said, clients do not come first, employees come first. If you take care of your employees, they will take care of the clients. This is very different than what you used to hear from Peter Drucker, who talked a lot about taking care of the customers as your top priority. So my belief is that effective leaders are people focused. I've always believed that if you care about and respect your employees, they'll buy into your vision and your culture, they'll work harder for you, and they'll be more productive. And I love this quote from Herb Kelleher, your employees come first. And if you treat your employees right, guess what? Your customers come back and that makes your shareholders happy. Start with employees and the rest follows from that. And what we know from surveys and studies is that happy engaged employees are 12% more productive than the average employee. And conversely, unhappy employees are 10% less productive than the average employee. But let me be clear, when I talk about being people focused, I'm not saying employees should be your best friends or that you shouldn't hold them accountable for performance, because in fact, you do hold them accountable for performance. The second principle of the triad is that effective leaders are great coaches. Coaching is highly correlated with performance, engagement, and retention. Coaching develops your employee skills and these stronger competencies lead to higher performance. The question is, How effective are most leaders at coaching? In a survey of a Fortune 500 company, leaders were asked to rate themselves in coaching effectiveness, and they rated themselves on average in the 80th percentile. Now, 
they asked their direct reports how they rated their leaders in coaching effectiveness. And interestingly enough, they rated their leaders in the 30th percentile. So that's a big disconnect. The reality is that most leaders are good at giving feedback and telling employees what to do, but they're not effective coaches. The third principle of the triad is performance. If you care about your people, you'll hold them accountable for performance, like I said earlier. So what do high-performing leaders do? They clearly define what success looks like to their people. They set clear high expectations and they hold their people accountable. Being people-focused and coaching-centered leads to higher performance. So all, all three of these are tied together. And according to a McKinsey study, higher performing managers are 800% more productive than low performing managers. 800% more productive. So when you hire or promote employees, make sure they have a history of high performance. A lot of the tactics you discuss in the book are centered around soft skills. How do you deal with bottom line type managers who may not get this approach? Do you have any tips on how to successfully interact with different leadership styles? Yeah, I'll take the first part of your question, and then I'll answer the second question. So if you're a bottom line type manager, you want performance, right? Performance doesn't come by looking at the data, focusing on operational budgets, efficiencies, or profit. You need some leaders in certain parts of your organization looking at these things, but there's much more to leadership. To me, that's the management side of things. Leadership is about how to coach your people to be high performers. And there's nothing soft about holding employees accountable for performance. I've had leaders who were bottom line type managers, and there's nothing wrong with that style. As long as you recognize that the people come before the business and that coaching is the most effective way to increase productivity. So let me briefly compare the principles of the perfect leadership triad to a bottom line type focus style. In one organization, I followed a bottom line data driven leader. The business was doing poorly and had been a low performing business for years. Every decision that he made was based on data and the business. He placed people behind profit and the end result was that his people didn't respond to him. This damaged the company's financials. When I took over, one employee made this comment, a very telling comment about the situation. He said, you want me to care about company growth? How about you care about your people first? I immediately implemented the three principles, people, coaching, and performance when I took over. And eventually the business unit became a high-performing organization. It didn't happen overnight, and I'm not claiming to be a miracle-working leader. The reality is that this approach works. As far as your second question, I would say that you must have the emotional intelligence to understand that every leader is different. Leadership is an iterative process and a journey, and we are each at a different place in our journey with different beliefs, values, and styles. So be patient with yourself and be patient with other leaders. What I do think is important, Elaine, is that what I talk about in the book is not about styles. It's about fundamental leadership beliefs, values, and principles. Why is emotional intelligence so important in the C-suite? Well, in the C-suite, emotional intelligence trumps technical skills. The C-suite interacts with a lot of different types of people like peers, other executives, investors, Wall Street, and employees. They have to be able to adapt to many different situations and conversations. Their ability to interact and inspire effectively are critical to their success. In addition, they're under an immense amount of scrutiny and pressure. Being able to recognize and manage their emotions is critical. 
Where some leaders go wrong is their ability to have self-awareness, which means recognizing their own emotions and to self-regulate, which means expressing their emotions in an appropriate way. And let me give you an example. I'm a credential executive coach and I was coaching a C-suite leader at a pharma company that was technically excellent, but lacked some emotional intelligence. He said and did things that were embarrassing to the company, inappropriate and not inspiring. He was not effective at managing his emotions or his relationships with his team at all. His lack of emotional intelligence almost cost him his job. We worked a lot on how to be more emotionally intelligent and he made great strides towards improvement. And that improvement was linked to improvement in the performance of his organization and also in the engagement that increased in his organization as a result of improving on his emotional intelligence. What advantages does this leadership model have over other styles during trying times? Right now, our lives are chaotic. So many things have changed because of COVID-19, its impact on the economy and the events since George Floyd's death. Most employees are working from home, and for many organizations, it's challenging to keep employees engaged. The temptation is to give employees busy work or endless unproductive Zoom calls to monitor activity. Additionally, I've heard a lot of my executive coaching clients tell me that they've been using this time to self-reflect on what's important in their lives. So people are prioritizing their lives during this time. If all you care about right now is profit, net margins, quarterly earnings, budgets, in other words, just the business, you're going to lose a great opportunity to gain the hearts and minds of your people. As you put people first and coach them, they'll be more engaged. In, in your podcast, I think it was number 60, you interviewed Tim Walbert, the CEO of Horizon Therapeutics. He gave a great example of being people-focused during these tumultuous times. He said he sent an email to all his employees asking them how they were doing. He asked them to personally respond to him. That is an interesting thing to do as a CEO of a company because you got to plan on getting a lot of responses. And what was impressive about him is that he said that almost all 1,200 employees responded to him. That's being people-focused and leads to engagement, retention, and greater performance. And while I'm sure Tim is worried about meeting quarterly numbers, he recognized that his people are vital to the organization's success, and he demonstrated that he cares about them. And in his own words, he basically said his people were more engaged because of this. And they were, you know, more interested in what was happening within the company because of his question to them. Now, think about this for a moment. Of all the challenges and opportunities that CEOs have, what's their greatest concern? In one recent survey of CEOs, their number one concern was hiring and retaining great talent. It revolved around people, not just the business. The best way to hire great people is to create a company culture that attracts them. Think of companies like Disney and Google and Southwest Airlines, Virgin Group, Starbucks, Costco. These are companies that attract top talent. Why? They care about their people. They invest in their people. They provide growth opportunities to coach and develop their employees. They have an inspiring purpose. Their employees are engaged and passionate about the work that they do. If you want to engage and retain top employees, put them first. Write them personal notes and emails, recognize them, coach them, encourage them, and success will follow. So you worked in pharma for many years as VP of sales at Novo Nordisk 
and before that as Director of Managed Markets at Bristol-Myers Squibb. How did you discover this model, and could you provide a specific example of how these principles have helped you lead in pharma? Yeah, you know, Elaine, I think I always believed in these three principles. What changed over time was that I just became more competent at leading with them. And I saw firsthand that success followed when I treated the people with respect, coached them effectively, and focused on the things that drive performance and job satisfaction. I mentioned previously the example of taking over a low-performing business unit. When I came in, I identified that the leaders were not coaching effectively. They were telling their people what to do. And more specifically, they had depended on their previous leader, who I mentioned was uh, very much a bottom line type manager uh, for everything they should do. So they depended on him to, to tell them what to do. Um, I gave them autonomy. I set the performance bar high, but I was clear about how we would achieve it. And I taught them to coach effectively. I showed them how coaching their direct reports is the ultimate act of trust and respect. I created a coach of the year award at every leadership level. This reinforced the importance of coaching. I tried to ingrain coaching into the DNA of the leaders, and I set the example as the head coach. It worked. People loved it. The business unit rebounded and became the top performing team in the organization. I also inspired the team to believe that we could accomplish our goals, and I used every interaction to inspire and coach people. When we started to have a lot of success, I asked them what had changed, and this was the response. Now we believe we can win, we know how to win, and we have become more effective coaches. So my experience is that executives get little coaching. They are expected to know what to do and their supervisors have limited time. So this results in coaching gaps at senior levels. As Bill Gates said, every leader needs a coach. So ask for one. If it's, even, if, even if you ask for an external executive coach, that's okay. You need to develop your career and continue to develop in your position. And my belief, Elaine, is that when leaders implement these three principles, being people-focused, coaching-centered, and performance-driven, business success will follow. Well, thanks so much for being with us today, Eric. We really appreciate you sharing your insights about how to use people, coaching, and performance to lead successfully. Oh, thanks, Elaine, for allowing me to talk about the new book. access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees. At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at trueserumntwk.com. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from Pharma Execs. Hi, I'm Eric Turbyville, executive coach and author of The Perfect Leadership Triad. And my leadership tip is that leaders must recognize the power and impact you have on your employees' personal and professional lives. And I don't mean this in an egotistical way. When they spend time with you, you want to inspire them to be better. Let them leave your presence feeling like they're more than capable of doing their job. Let them go home knowing that you want them to be successful.
Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, on Instagram at farmexecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of FarmExec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mjhlifesciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mjhlifesciences.com. 